0: You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. Them bills are the It's your boy DM3 and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 130 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. The number one self-rated Buffalo Sports Podcast covering the Bills, Sabres Entertainment and everything in between, and as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, at Sports 716 and make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. Best Bills content out there, Facebook, YouTube, at Built in Buffalo underscore on social media. We are your hosts. As always, I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Witty nay, shun recording tonight with Matt, Tony,
1: from Jack if not to Trey White. Bills make a move and then we find the puns for culture in it. It must be exhausting hearing song parodies every
0: week.
1: Matt, good evening. How are you? Hello, Witty Nation.
0: I I was thinking of your song parodies this week because you do such a good job with those, Tony. Thank you. And I'm going to issue you a challenge. Maybe you do not meet this challenge next week, two weeks, maybe in two months, just any time down the road. I challenge you to do a song parody, a Bill's parody, a Buffalo Sports parody of bare naked ladies one week.
1: I'm writing it down. And <laughs> but not the
0: but not the chorus, because the chorus is simple and standard, like a verse. Okay. Well I'm probably like, gonna do China, the, the Chinese chicken, have a drumstick and your brain starts kicking. Like.
1: Okay. You're you're specifically looking for that part.
0: I'm specifically looking for a like tongue twister of a parody. Are you up for the challenge? I, I already
1: have like lines. I'm up for the challenge. My my brain is already cranking how it how it will flow. And I feel like it's I think pretty, it'll good. Be pretty epic. I feel like I feel like we have I have a good foundation going already. Oh wow.
0: That's impressive. That's how that's how fast Tony's mind works, everyone. It's like a machine, song parody machine. Tony, we have a big week talking about the Bills because there was a lot of Vinny Chase's brother, Johnny drama. There was a lot of drama. At one Bills drive this week, Tony, all <laughs> stemming from the absence of one player for one single yeah, day. Was there drama? Was there? We'll get to the bottom of it later. There was there. Was there not? Was it? Are we going to get drama? We won't, but we'll we'll try in our own.
1: We'll talk we'll in a witty
0: out. way. We'll talk it out. <laughs> but Tony, due to that drama the social medias were buzzing. And when the social medias come across news like this, there's a lot of people out there spewing some nonsense. So I thought for this draft season this week, our hashtag draft SZN, instead of doing like worse people on social media, because like 80% of people qualify for worse people on social media, I thought we would do, Worst fans at games, at a sporting event. Worst type of fans at a sporting event. Those guys or girls you cannot stand to be around when you're attending a Bills game or any kind of sporting event. Maybe they're annoying in some way. Verbally annoying. Maybe they're physically annoying. Like somebody who is just the worst of the worst. So, Tony, with that, I will kick it off. My number one pick this week. I'm going to go with, I feel like this is a shoe in number one. I feel like the worst fan at a sporting event is not just the drunk person at the tailgate or the drunk person trying to get in to the stadium or the drunk person laboring around the concourse, specifically the drunk person trying to get up and down the stairs at the Ralph. Now, as fans know, as you and I know, the stairs at the Ralph, especially in the hundred level, are quite wide. They're not like a normal, like rhythmic stepping motion. You have to like actually pay attention because if you just go in rhythm, you're going to trip and fall. So the drunker you are, the more comedic it gets watching these people go up and down the stairs. Now going up the stairs, you're getting a lot of stuff you don't want to see. You're getting trips, you're getting falls, maybe some face plants, maybe some broken noses due to those face plants, but you're also getting some pants falling down, some butt crack action, like nothing good is coming out of those people going up the stairs. Now coming back down the stairs, those same drunk people spilling half the beer they just bought for $18, having nachos spilled all over them. Like whether this drunk person is going up and down the stairs, it is a treat to view. It is a comedic performance for the ages. That is my number one pick, the drunk person specifically going up and down the stairs at the Ralph.
1: Matt, can I, yes and your pick here. Can I add a little something?
0: Oh, of course. Add a little zest. Sprinkle a little garnish on the (laughs) test.
1: When you were painting the word picture for us about the drunk fan going up this down the stairs, holding a concession, a beer or nachos or something, Mm -hmm. I can tell you what what drives me nuts about this circumstance that, that I see so incredibly often. And that's like, the drunk man stumbles on the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they, like, don't make the next stair, so they kind of, like, trip trip up a little bit. And then, like, the beer starts to, like, you know, splatter over and spill, and it's like, oh, oh, and they have to, like, pause a second, and they get their balance back surrounding the beer. And, like, they spilled a couple drops, but that's it. And then they 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 expect, like, some praise or some... heroic some applause like
0: yes like (laughs) like like, they saved the beer
1: right like they saved the fucking baby (laughs) and it's the and i'm like is this where we're at at this point in our lives you're old enough to go to a bills game but
0: this is what we're doing
1: you're you want us to like beer
0: is gonna cure like the zombies of world war z epidemic (laughs) that's yes happening (laughs) yes like (laughs) it has
1: some insane inherent value Oh, thank God you saved the beer! Beer is so scarce here in the United States. Thank God we still have it in our in our supply pool here. God yeah, forbid the... a Bud Light doesn't make it through.
0: <laughs> it is inherently funny that they buy this very overexpensive beer, and by the time they get back to their seats, yeah, it's uh, like half about... gone. Yeah, it's half God, at least. What a waste of money that is. But yes, you're absolutely right. If they stumble and fall and catch themselves, they almost, once they come to or reestablish their balance, they look around as if we should be giving them praise for Did you guys see acting how normal the for beer? two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Did
1: everyone? I, surely, the spectacle that I put on of saving the beer has far more value than whatever Josh Allen is doing. You must have exactly. all seen
0: it. <laughs> I'm the real hero here. Right. So many good times at, at Bill's games with with drunk people. It's it's very funny, but also very distracting. Also, it takes you away from the game, because especially if you're on the aisle, if you're not in the aisle, if you're on the aisle, you have to worry about the drunk person maybe stumbling into you. But if you're in that drunk person's row, them constantly getting up and down from the row, like I feel like that could be rolled into this as like. One of the worst fans, like the guy who constantly gets up and down from the game and yes, makes you sub- subsequently get up and down. Yes, just overly drunk fan. Worst of the winners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony, what? Are, where are you going with your number one pick?
1: With my number one pick, I, I feel like I've talked about this on the show, but it is something that I feel I have within me about people's behavior at sporting events. And that's the fan who is... Maybe it's pregame. Worse yet, God forbid, it's during the game or even during halftime. In their left hand, they have their cell phone. In their right hand, they are vigorously waving as high as they can in the air to try and get the person on the other end of their cell phone call to see them across the stadium. Exactly
0: what you're talking about. Now,
1: yeah. <laughs> everyone in the section is liable for this This view, this spectacle of getting some other random stranger to see exactly in the sea of fans where their friend is. <laughs> what are we doing with this? There's 80,000 fucking people at the game. We all know like a hundred people there. It's not right. that populous of a city. You probably know someone in every section, but
0: also going to a bills game is not that rare of an I event know. that you to be like, Hey, I'm here.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean,
0: I think for some people it might be, you know, we're not also Maybe. privileged.
1: So I don't like, need that
0: person like yelling into their phone for 20 minutes. Like, Hey, do you see me in the sea of Yeah, no, five,
1: lower. Lower. a thousand, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. a thousand other people in my right. section? I'm wearing red, white, do and you, blue. Well, so is everyone else in the section.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then, then what? Like, then what happens? Then they see you. Okay. You see me? You do now? Yes. Okay. Then it's over. Okay, great. This whole, this whole really thing. Nothing. You're waving. You see each other. Then it's over. So that's a moment that I just dread in uh, at any sporting event is like, who's go- who's going to break this this thing out? It's my number one pick and I stand firm with it.
0: Yes, it is uh, very irritating. That person waving across the stadium. <laughs> Do you see me? Uh, I've been there before Just sit down, shut no. up, <laughs> watch the game. Right. It's a very good number one pick. You've al- you've always had a had a beef with these these type of people. I
1: have. It's something and I'm that sure it, there's like, many that share don't...
0: that beef. Yeah.
1: I just don't understand it. It's not something I yeah, understand. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't make sense. There's no like value at the end of it. It's like, you're right. Hey, you right. see me? Great. Okay. <laughs> so life goes on. Your life would be the same whether they saw you or not. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, good number one pick, Tony. Uh, For my number two pick, uh, I have to go with a person I like to deem the berater and that's the person at the game who isn't worried about watching the game, who isn't interested in what's going on on the field. He is just, or she is just that person who is worried about yelling at fans with opposing jerseys on. And that is their sole purpose for being at the game to berate anybody who is wearing the other team's Jersey, the other team's colors, I cannot stand it. It's like there's kind of a central theme, I think, to all these. It's like you're there to watch the game. Watch the game. Don't get drunk. Mm -hmm. Don't be calling your friends every two seconds saying, hey, I'm here. Where are you? Don't be yelling at other fans because who cares? You're not some Bills warrior for a just cause because you're yelling at the person with the Patriots jersey in the row. Just shut up, sit down, cheer your team on, and watch the game. I cannot stand the person who goes there solely to berate the other team and the other team's fans.
1: Yes. You know, there's a talent level that is necessary in that, if you're even going to try. But how many times have we witnessed someone who's just not good at it? Like, they're just bringing basic bitch energy, and how are these people supposed to feel when you say the most basic dumb stuff to them and they hear this from a stranger, they don't care. They don't care about you. They have no reason to care about you. And it's like, okay, g- what good right. has this done to anybody? It's not even funny. Make it creative. No, it's not funny. Least.
0: Respect it, it, the game. That's the thing. It's not creative. It's just. It's usually just being in it's that dumb. person's face and being like, F you. F the patriot. Like, whatever. Right. It's dumb. It's Neanderthal <laughs> berating. Just the worst, and that person's the worst. They're incredibly annoying. Uh, I cannot stand it. Those people are just there to enjoy their team. It's not their fault that they don't live in the city that their team plays in. Like, you're not there again to be judge, jury, executioner of them enjoying the game here. So, Mm -hmm. again, shut up, go to your seat, cheer your team on, and who gives a crap if there's a, a fan of an opposing team near you or in your vicinity? Tony, your number two pick for worst type of fan at a Bill at a Bills game or any sporting event.
1: I'm going off my board here. I'm not staying true to my board with this one. Oh but wow! Based on our most recent conversations in this draft, my blood is boiling for this and another thing that I absolutely detest. And Matt, as you know, I hate the wave. <laughs> I I hate the wave. I think it's so insulting to the organization when someone tries to start the wave why so i have to matt these people these human beings hearts of gold put themselves in danger short term and long term for us for our entertainment millions and billions of dollars are surrounding us at this right brain damage is happening in front of our eyes athletic demonstrations the likes of which is some of the top in the world. Yes, is their the best trust athletes the bear witness getting... for, for the person trying to start the wave, that's not good enough. They have to make their own fun, and they have to try and suck us all into it. A... With
0: yes, that's the worst part. That one guy who tries to start or a girl who tries to start the wave. That person is the worst.
1: Yeah, that's one, and that's what they, I'm drafting.
0: They are that, that's who I'm drafting. A uh, a mis- mission impossible of trying. They're they're not going to give up till that wave gets going. They're going to be at it yes. forever. 20 tries, 30 tries. And you know what <laughs> I'm trying they are to do? They're dead set. I'm, on I'm trying to that watch wave. the
1: game. Yes. Yeah, they do. They're like, I know we'll do it. And then I'll know when I go home and look in the mirror, I'll be the one that started it. And I will just you know what, have you know so much confidence going to work on Monday.
0: It is a sense of accomplishment because yes. they start it and – it's almost like this unachievable goal because they started and maybe it's just their section to start the second try. It's their section and maybe half of the next section. And then maybe it's the whole two section. It just slowly gains steam. So this person who's starting it just feels this like sense of like leadership. Like I think that's what it is. They cannot quit.
1: Yes. (laughs) I like that you said they they feel the sense of building. Yes. Like they feel the sense of leadership. That is exactly what I think they feel. Matt, that's exactly what it is. They view themselves as some sort of leader. Uh, maybe it's the leader of their section. Maybe they are a leader in, in their own minds, you know, like a leader of the mm-hmm. troops in their own minds because they think yeah, of them, the troops, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that they think of themselves as like, well, my Bill's fanhood rises above all these other people therefore i am qualified in a way that others aren't to lead them to inspire them i i am that i am their shepherd and they should follow me to the promised land of uh the wave of, you know loud <laughs> loud and proud and positive fan behavior and the way that they view that to be manifested is the wave for some reason
0: yeah I think that's the case. Uh, my question to you yeah. is: Do you think players are annoyed by the wave as much as you and I are?
1: I don't think the players have a clue what's going on in in the crowd.
0: You don't think they see that and they're like, "That's got Man, kind this of what I think." Stupid effing crap. <laughs> that's what I think. I don't know. I could see. I could see like Jordan Poyer sitting on the bench and be like, "What the fuck?"
1: I could see. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like Jordan Poyer also hates the wave, which maybe is the you know the commonality that can build a bridge between him and I we found some common because ground big
0: moment here people
1: we found some we finally found some common ground with, with jordan point the uh have you noticed his I, wife is like oddly
0: they, quiet online since he recently no, went I the Bills. Her years ago oh, okay, her years yeah. ago
1: i have no idea what she's doing
0: yeah so
1: i can't imagine that like i i mean what do you think the difference is in experience at least in the mindset and i don't know the the visual environment between you know the COVID years and this the audio the roar of the crowd makes a big difference. Uh, shirts mm-hmm. are coming off. God only knows what the hell's happening. So I don't know. I, I think with all of that, it's all just like the mechanism is cleared. It doesn't matter visually what's happening in the crowd at all. The only mm-hmm. thing that matters is the volume. I don't. I don't even think they visually have any idea what's going on.
0: If I take anything away from the old uh, NFL two K games, which had a first person mode, which is very cool by the way, right? Uh, I can't see shit from inside the helmet yeah (laughs) other than like the 300 pound lineman standing in front of me so (laughs) i doubt they can see like the wave if they're in the game or playing on the field yeah
1: they might not even notice addicts
0: full extent yeah they might not even notice who knows good number two pick tony uh third and final pick Uh, i got a couple of tough ones this guy just irritates me to to no end, or this person irritates me to no end. The fantasy football person, the person who only who cares more, I should say, not only cares more about their fantasy football team than cheering the Bills on every yes. time. There's on like the redemption. And- they put out of town highlights. That person gets so excited. Oh, did Darren Waller? And score they want tough? everyone oh, yes, to know. My fantasy- Points for my fantasy team. Yeah, they want everyone to know that their fantasy team is yeah. succeeding. Hell yeah, fantasy team,
1: fantasy points. Thank you. You
0: know, and cannot stand like, that. I'm not like, in your league, who, pal. Yeah, I don't care about your fantasy team. We don't need to know. No, we don't. We don't even know any of this again. I think it's some sort of like grandiose self accomplishment. Like they need everyone to hear, "Yes, I'm the best armchair GM out there." Like I drafted the best fantasy football team, so when I do comment about the game, you need to listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. No, that's not how it oh, works. Oh, you think it's that's like not how that. it works? Yeah, I do think it's like that. I think they think there's some like if, if their fantasy football team is doing well and. Uh, Sean McDermott is doing poorly, calling plays, mm. or Ken Dorsey is doing poorly. They, they have the uh, the platform now, because of their accomplishments in fantasy football, to oh. comment on real football and have everyone pay attention to them or comment in a way that everyone needs to pay attention. Like Interesting. I, mean. I never interpreted it that way. I always
1: interpreted it as that they are at two games simultaneously. They're at the NFL game. They're at the Bills game. But they're also at their fantasy game. Those two games are not in conflict with one another, but are in sort of a race of which one becomes the more investable game. So like if the Bills are blowing the other team out or vice versa, then it just becomes rack up those fantasy points. Your ethics are on display and they are questionable at best. (laughs) You are revealing such low character. You disgust me.
0: Do you want your fantasy team to succeed or the actual team you cheer for to succeed? You can't have it both ways. Sometimes. Right. When, when I draft my fantasy football team, sometimes I'm a little hesitant to draft bills players because of mm-hmm. my fandom to the team. Like I don't want to be watching the game and they do bad pissed as it is that they're doing bad in real life. Now there's just that extra, extra sauce to it that they're doing bad on my fantasy team. as well. So I, I don't, like drafting Bills players to my fantasy team because of that.
1: Years ago, drought style, I hated drafting Bills players because I always anticipated
0: the worst. Right. Then
1: recently, it's been like, okay, I think that Steph Diggs is a very good draftable player. I think Josh Allen is a very good draftable player and an important player, maybe a player here or two. But I do find myself drafting, like, I see the potential more in a lot of the other players. And I'm like, oh, this fight, like who's billed to be a steal. And I feel like every single player on the offense is billed to be a steal. Mm-hmm. And so I draft them. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, my bench is entirely bills and this isn't going to work out. And I'm going to end up dropping <laughs> almost all of these fools.
0: And I hate all this. And
1: uh, yeah, I hate all this because, you know, I just spent the last three weeks at camp seeing how they utilized so many of these players Right. And then really what it means is that there's too many mouths to feed at the table. And so none of them are viable fantasy options. And I think that's gonna probably happen again this year with our crowded running back room. And I'm really curious, someone in every league, I think, in every league where it's a, you know, a Bills based fan population. Boy, is Dalton Kincaid gonna get overvalued. Someone yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very overvalued. Someone is really gonna bet it all on Dalton Kincaid being being their steel that will put them over the top
0: right. I was looking at was like really stat stats for rookie tight ends. Oh, it's like
1: it's like non-existent.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. even like Travis Kelsey in his quote unquote first year because I think in his technical first year, he played one game. but so it was like okay. real first year. He had let's just say to keep the number simple, like sixty catches for eight hundred yards and five touchdowns. If I got that from Dalton Kincaid this year, I would be ecstatic. Me too. That's those are good tight
1: end numbers. That's great.
0: Yeah, those are real good. I'd be yeah. super happy with that. I'm thinking like realistic expectation is like 40 to 50 catches, 600 ish yards and like three to four touchdowns. Does that seem like too low? I don't that know. That seems too high. That seems way too high seems to me. Too
1: high, really? Oh, yeah. For the second tight end, I don't think Dalton Kincaid is getting. Three receptions a game,
0: really? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. I'll I'll say he gets three uh, averages three receptions a game. Right. I think they're going to have packages specifically for him to be yeah the hot route, the primary target. Kind of like I, I think this player forced their hand a little because of how good he looked in training camp leading up to the regular season in his rookie year. But okay. kind of like Gabe Davis a little, like he impressed uh, so much. Uh-huh. at... In training camp, it felt I felt like they were forced to have like packages for him specifically, or to get him on the field early and often, more so than I thought they would. I don't know. I kind of get that same vibe from from Kincaid or how they're going to use Kincaid. I should say. I'd uh, Happy with that?
1: Yeah, I guess maybe I have a little bit more cynicism about Dorsey, especially knowing that last time he got like a fun weapon in the form of Naheem Hines it was just like nothing. He just decided I like, well, no that's not what we're good mean. at. Yeah. Right. So, oh yeah, the cynicism so towards Dorsey kinda... is
0: high for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. So I don't know that it's that, but I think that what they'll evolve to paraphrase Dorsey and a Rick Dennison, is that we have to find out what we're good at. Will the two tight ends set, will the 1.5 formation end up being what we're good at? Time will tell, but I will tell, I think that there's a lot of other formations that we'll end up looking good at. What I'm telling myself when I get cynical like this is that, as you know, many times on the show, we have said Dorsey's biggest offensive influence was the Miami team that he was the quarterback of. Right. And that was a big, too tight end team. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it just kind of becomes.
0: We'll see. Yeah, this conversation I will is tell. too
1: complex. <laughs> for a, for a draft
0: and, and for us
1: <laughs> yes and for us yes
0: and for our, and for, our, our and for our simple feeble minds um, tony yeah your third and final pick i'm
1: basically picking this based on one experience that i had and but i yeah, but maybe it's an experience i've had a couple of times
0: An experience stuck though and
1: apparently yeah and it's the person who has not learned the updated roster. I have on more than one occasion heard some version of a a crass comment towards our players. And uh, it's clearly, I'm like, you have no clue what's happening. And this often happens early season, preseason, and or training camp more often. But I'll hear like, oh, looks like Cole Beasley learned how to catch. And like, it's Khalil Shakir. Try and keep up, man. That's not who 10 is. So it's that's what it is. it is. These fans that talk a big game, but only prove that they don't have the knowledge base to be able to talk the game they're talking. They don't have it.
0: No, just be quiet because you're
1: embarrassing yourself.
0: <laughs> right. The it real fans are here. Me, real fans are here. We know who number ten is. It's the he wolf. Yeah, get on board. It kind of reminds me of the guy that sat next to me when I had season tickets. He didn't know the players, and he thought he was the coach for everything. Like he'd be like. Hmm why aren't you running the ball? Why aren't you running the ball? And then they'd run the ball and they'd go for like two yards. Right. And then they would pass the ball and it'd be like a 20 yard gain and a nice play. And he'd be like, see 20 minutes ago, I told you to throw the ball. Like, You're just saying everything. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing every about dart. By the time you listen. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. That's what it is. They're throwing every dart. If you I feel like every I know every dart, about this If you person. throw a dart
0: that covers every piece of the board, every square inch of that Dartboard, you're gonna hit the bullseye. <laughs> yeah. Oh a lot of, me nuts. A
1: lot of shown in the character of this person.
0: It's the yes, mess. But no, know the updated. Yeah. Come on. There's, especially there's if you're that drives you crazier. Mouth. Yeah, especially if you're gonna talk. Especially if you're gonna talk like you know what you're talking about. Know mm-hmm. who the players are, know who know their, backgrounds, like, know their numbers, know their backgrounds, know their backgrounds. know their stats,
1: know their parents, know their names. relationship status. Right. <laughs>
0: Thank know that you. they want to invest in a thousand-acre pistachio farm. Know these things, people.
1: Yeah, or a new virtual golf league. These are what you have to know.
0: These are facts you need to know. That th- that does annoy me as well, though. It's like not only people not knowing updated roster, but just not knowing any of the players beside like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, yeah, and Von Miller. This roster goes 53 deep on game days. Your knowledge base of this roster goes about three deep. Come on. Yes. You need to be game day
1: ready. And this is not it.
0: Good third pick. Uh, all these picks for us uh, stem around the high level concept of you're there to watch the game and cheer on your team. Just watch the game and cheer on your team. Yeah. Don't bring your outside influences in. Don't bother me with your drunkenness or your fantasy or your lack of knowledge of the Ross. Like, if you don't know things, sit there, cheer, and learn. Don't try to be an influence to my experience or make my experience any different than what I wanted to. Tony, any honorable mentions you have yeah,
1: you got the spitter basically that came from one time that a Jets fan oh, spit tobacco awesome. on me. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty bad actually. They they were That's trying smart. to pick a fight. I'm not going to pick a fight with some kids, you know?
0: I have a reputation in my
1: section.
0: Uh, The only one I had was um, the person who wears the chicken wing hat at a Bills game or a big hat in general or something on their head or is always staying something, I guess, to, to wrap it all in a nice package here, something that impedes my view of the game, big hat, always standing, won't sit down. It's like, Sit down. You don't need to stand for the entire game. Whether you stand or sit has no impact on the team and the outcome of this game whatsoever. So anything to the view of the game drives me nuts.
1: Oh, hundred percent understand. I always think I'm like, man, if you bring a sign, or if like the person in front of you is a sign, did you just like hit the devil's lottery? Like, is that just the worst? <laughs> I don't know. I've never experienced sitting behind a sign. So, Matt, Luckily, let me answer yeah. this. When you're watching the game at home, how mm-hmm. much of the game are you standing for?
0: I'd say about 30%. Okay. Yeah. And it comes like, in like short spurts say... of me like jumping up and cheering. The only time I'm really standing for an elongated period of time is like a big first down or, you know, they're close to scoring a touchdown, like big major moments. So Big positive moments. I'm also not blocking I'm, standing... I'm standing at home. <laughs>
1: That, oh yes, of course, of course. I'm just curious if you're a stander. I'm a stander for base. I'm usually standing for most or all of the second half, and I am standing because the the emotions are overwhelming to my body, and I need a
0: physical exertion. <laughs> hey, what happens at your house stays at your house. You do you when you're under your roof. That's what I say. Mm. But when you're with eighty thousand yeah. other people, I'm be a little considerate of, them. of those around. <laughs> yeah, be a little considerate. Of, of how others want to experience the game. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Listeners,
0: that is this week's draft season. Uh, we'll put it on Twitter, as always. Let us know what you think, who your most annoying fans are, the worst fans at a sporting event. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Tony, we got a lot of Bill's news to talk about and a lot of drama to get down to. Uh, are you ready to throw it to a man who seemingly has no drama in his life because he is a perfect angel? who has a perfect voice, <laughs> Mr. Marv Levy. You ready to throw it to Marv? I need to hear this angelic voice. We need it. We need it in our lives. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for And we are back, Tony. The Bills kicked off their mandatory mini camp this week. A whirlwind of a 48 hours This week at One Bills Drive, all due to Hurricane Stefan Diggs coming in, Uh tearing up the facilities. Tony, there was a lot of drama at One Bills Drive, all around number 14 on the field, number one in our hearts. Maybe not everyone's heart these days, but still number one in our hearts. Stefan Diggs, let's just get the timeline down here so we can better break this down. Monday... Shows up for physical, I'm assuming, has a meeting with McDermott Bean, Josh Allen to hash things out. Seemingly all is good. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, the man does not show up <laughs> or he does show up and is excused, leaves, does not stay in some way, shape or form. And that's when everything goes to hell. Everything blows up. Every premonition we had from starting from three years ago plus when we acquired Stefan Diggs of him being a prima donna and being a problem all seeming to come to fruition for (laughs) one fine day of Bill's fans worry of our fear that this day could come finally came and we have no idea why. And then on Wednesday he was back and everything seemed to be all good because when you have an argument, everything is put to rest in 24 hours. Nothing lingers, of course. That's how all arguments go. They never last 24 hours. and Shout out cranberries. And emotions don't linger. Of course, everything's good. So to say it was a crazy 72 hours is an understatement. Uh, us as fans taking it all in was equally as crazy. I feel like I'm the gif of Michael Jackson eating the popcorn in the theater, throughout the whole thing. But uh, uh, let's start before the beginning, and let's just start about the lead-up to this. Now, we all saw during the playoff loss to Cincinnati, Stefan Diggs, uh, for lack of a better term, prima donna ness when he is blowing up at Josh Allen on the sidelines, seemingly, as reported, telling Josh Allen, don't listen to him, and him being what we assume being Ken Dorsey. After the game, after the loss, leaving the locker room immediately, not meeting with the press, not interacting with his teammates. For a guy who is a captain, kind of a coward's way out, If you, I, I thought. I thought, you know, everyone's down. Everyone had a tough season, not only on the football field, but off the football field. You know, be a captain, be there for your teammates, represent the team. Storms out right after the Bengals playoff loss, all through the offseason, talk of, is Diggs happy? Is he frustrated with Josh Allen? Is he frustrated with the situation? Is he demanding a trade? What cryptic Instagram message is he putting out there? That And what can we read into this in terms of how Stefan Diggs is feeling? So we get three to four months of that and it all comes to a head this week. Tony, start from before the beginning. Give us your thoughts on what possibly has led up to this moment we experienced this past week?
1: Well, the moment only exists because of the nuance that has not even been mentioned, I would say, in that if he didn't say that he was very concerned, this would have been nothing. But his concern falls on all of our shoulders as our concern. We share concerns. If he tells us he's concerned, then we are concerned. If Sean McDermott is sick, then we are sick. If Sean McDermott is happy, then we are happy. The way that he put that out there of that he's concerned led to enough mystery to let so many people overreact and freak out. I was not freaking out. I was just like, I just kind of thought this would be nothing, especially because if we look at the other comments by other players, Von Miller saying, it's really not that big of a deal. Josh saying, this isn't really that much to worry about. And Diggs t- tweeting or posting on social media that, everyone is cap and he's letting them do that and he's just kind of enjoying it my thought was that this was some deep that this was like a a, a deep state style prank we were all being pranked <laughs> we know that stefan Diggs has that within him uh on social like media, in terms of social media do this i'm like is this just stefan Diggs like a big elaborate prank that he just didn't show up just to see how bad would freak out and then we did right and then he shows up the next I, day I,
0: He's showing up at bar mitzvahs. He's showing up uh, at fashion week. Like, is this just a thing to to get some internet clout for Stefan Diggs?
1: I mean, I don't know how much internet clout he needs, but if that's how it was, it certainly was. It's, It's a move that I respect to go that deep into it that you are literally shunning your job, you know, that you're doing that. But then also for us to find out after a little bit too late that he was excused and that this was like, that this was like, you know, planned in some way. Well, okay. Then had we known that from the beginning, it would have been not much of anything. And the speculation about his brother also added into this, that that played some kind of a factor. A lot of people freaked out. It seemed premature to me at the time. Seems even more confirmed, premature to me now. I will choose to believe that this was maybe not deliberately an elaborate prank, but that there was an opportunity to make it interesting for for Stefan Diggs. And he took that opportunity.
0: Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I landed as well. I don't think McDermott did himself any favors with the very concerned line. It sounded like he was Stefan Diggs, that is, was not going to be back anytime soon. Maybe he was right. going through some off the field issues. Maybe we need Dr. Sharon Fieldstone to come in. For some mental health things. The the end of the end of the tunnel seemed much farther away because of Sean McDermott. He did not help in any way with his words. So where I fell with with it was I was somewhere in between the Bills front office coaching staff executives are terrible at internal communication. Mm-hmm. We saw this with Leslie Frazier mm-hmm. in that whole debacle of well, all of a sudden, Leslie Frazier's taking a leave of absence. Well, no, he's not, because three months later, he's meeting with teams about possible So, yeah, they're not very good with internal communication, and maybe that's a fault of their own because they keep things so tight to the vest, which is why also this was surprising because they keep things so internal, a la they don't let media members and beat reporters report about certain aspects of camp. They're not allowed to say or they'll get you know, credentials revoked or whatever. They keep things mm-hmm. very close and internal. So for them to not only speak about this, but then to have it snowball into, well, the bill's social media is now tweeting out things about Stefan Diggs absence. And we really want this story to be out there as it, it almost seemed like they wanted it to be out there to be a jab on Stefan Diggs. So when I say I fall in the middle, that's one side of the argument. To me, the other side of the argument is Stefan Diggs kind of likes the attention. (laughs) Like He's just a guy who is out there and he likes the attention. So whether he was mad at anyone, McDermott, Allen, Dorsey, his non-utilization in big games or big moments last year, whatever it was, maybe it was just a mute point because in the end, Stefan just likes the attention. he's just going to do whatever he he does whether it whether it gets the fan base in a frenzy or not because he likes the attention <laughs> yes <laughs> that that's, is attention, that's What uh, that's what i felt that's where i fell i suppose a, a, attention is the right word
1: but it's like steph diggs likes to explore his power in the position that he's in as you know one of the most i don't know recognizable but just like He's in the hearts and minds of so many Buffalonians. He likes to exploit that just like for his f- own fun. I think because he's like, you know, I breathe wrong and everyone freaks out and it's like it's weird to him because like he's just a humble and hungry guy. So to exacerbate things like humble this, you know, is entertaining. Yeah, that's what that's why I said it, Matt. He's humble and hungry. He stays humble Good and stays hungry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's a, it's a Sean
0: McDermott ism. But if it was... And a good one at that. I say Stefan likes the attention because when you look at this situation in totality, let's break it down into terms of what it could be that Stefan Diggs is mad about. Is -hmm. he mad about his financial situation? He cannot be. He's one of the top paid receivers in the league after signing his extension last year. So it can't be a financial thing. Is he mad about the team he's on? He can't be because... (laughs) We are consistently the past three years, one of the top five teams in the league. We're literally right. two games away from the Super Bowl in each of the past consecutive three years. Like, you know, how many other teams don't win the Super Bowl every year. 31 other teams don't win the Super Bowl. You know, how many teams are in a position worse than us in terms of roster build, consistently being good, having a superstar at the most important position there is. Like, 30 other teams, like the Chiefs, maybe that's it, are in a better situation than the Bills are in terms of roster. So he can't be mad at this team, this environment, whatever. When you talk about the environment, he's part of a fan base that adores him. Yeah, some people got mad because he sat out a day, whatever. But guess what? Come September, if he's putting up 100 yards and a touchdown every week, I don't care what happens in June and no nobody will. So there's not a lot of things for Stefan Diggs to be mad at. So that's why I'm just saying I think he just likes the attention. It's the reason he goes on Family Feud multiple times. It's why he poses for pictures at a random bar mitzvah in the middle of June. He just likes the attention. And if this was an issue, it could have been addressed the past four months. You think in 24 hours he talked to Dorsey McDermott, Allen, whoever, and was like, Oh, we're good now. Like, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> like, if you're really truly mad at your situation or the people involved in your job, like your offensive coordinator and how he's utilizing you, like this would be addressed for the past three months to me. So I, I don't know. It was, it was the oddest thing. The sound bites that were coming from McDermott with a very concerned line. I even think Allen didn't do much to, to help the cause i mean alan's out here saying internally they're working on some things not football related what could that possibly mean josh and what are the (laughs) non-football related things that get solved in 24 hours what did you guys do in the past 24 hours did you have a sleepover where you just gossiped the whole night and and divulged your deepest, darkest secrets to each other to make sure everyone like like what like what happened in the past twenty-four hours that when we went from we're working on some things not football related internally to next day him Stefan Diggs showing up and you guys doing your handshakes and being all goofy and buddy buddy again. <laughs> like what nobody on Tuesday did themselves any favors in terms of presenting this in some kind of Not that it was a positive situation, but doing themselves any favors from a PR perspective. Mm -hmm. Really odd. That's really odd 24 hours on Tuesday.
1: At least some level of this happened in jest because of, like you were saying, the behavior and everything went back to normal so fast. Right. So I do think that there was that. Do you you buy into that this had something to do with? I, I saw something somewhere about his brother is in having some like legal problems or something. Do you buy into that? That's an influence in this.
0: It was like his brother was part of a robbery in an elevator or something? Like something, yeah, something an elevator. like something with that. Something like that something about an I, elevator. You know, it's interesting. Like I don't buy into that because, like, we're all adults here. Like, you be responsible for your adult self. But I watched Stefan Diggs. I think I, he was on like I Am Athlete, Brandon Marshall's Video Cast, and a couple other shows. And he talked about how his father passed away how when he was like 13, 14 years old, his father came home from the hospital and kind of gave him this spiel. If you read between the lines saying like, he doesn't have much longer and you got to be the man and take care of the family. So Uh I don't want to believe like his brother had anything to, to do with his absence. Like that would be oddly coincidental timing. If he's like, he's at the facilities, he's meeting with, his offensive coordinators, head coach, his, his teammates, mm-hmm. whatever. And he gets a text is like, Hey, your brother's in trouble. You need to come home or there's something because he right. didn't go home. He just, he came back the next day. He didn't leave town because everybody would be reporting like Stefan Diggs is at the airport leaving. And that would be right. a huge blow. Like what is he's leaving? Like what happened that that would have been, I, I would have turned every electronic I had off <laughs> for the week this podcast would not be happy if stefan Diggs got on a plane on tuesday to go home or go wherever so again the bills brass in no way helped themselves in any way it's it's so weird there's so many had family stuff yeah and and maybe they could could have have said said that and it would have got it would have got the attention off of them but then there would have been a whole digging in on the dig side of like, well, what's going on with this family what is right. You know, I, I don't know if they were just trying to protect him. If his brother was an issue and he was going to address that or deal with that, everything was just extremely odd how it was dealt with, how it came about uh, the lead up to it. And he was the only guy that wasn't there. And I kind of like, I kind of fall in to the main problem is Dorsey. Okay. If Diggs does have a problem internally with his role or how he's utilized, it falls on Dorsey. I don't think he has a problem with Sean McDermott. I don't think he has a problem with Leslie Frazier's departure because he doesn't play on that side of the ball. So I don't know why he would. And I think he had a problem with Chad Hall leaving. We've seen many times mm. Chad Hall spoken highly of by Stefan Diggs. Yeah. During his time here. So Chad Hall taking a lateral move to go to the Jaguars and maybe a lateral move now for a potential increase offensive coordinator role in the future. And maybe Chad Hall was mad. He didn't get the offensive coordinator role Dorsey did, but maybe it was a Chad Hall thing. But if, if I were a a betting man, I would think if there is an issue and I say is because again, issues don't go away in 24 hours and everything's hunky dory and everything's good. It's going to be with Dorsey. Uh, reports, as I mentioned before, during the Bengals loss, him yelling at Josh not to listen to Dorsey. Stefan Diggs was very vocal in terms of how he was utilized, and especially in big games. And also, on Wednesday when he did return, and there was video clips of him interacting with Allen and his teammates and some younger receivers, which was great to see. That's like the leadership quality we want to see him mm-hmm. working with, it was Wayne and I think Keyshawn Johnson and showing them how to run routes and more effectively. There is a clip of like him and Ken Dorsey talking and it seems like I'm not a body language expert by any means, but don't think the body language between them was good. It's like Dorsey was kind of, they're both walking away from each other after a couple of words and Dorsey like throws his arms up kind of like, what do you want from me? Kind of again, this is just gestures and I'm just, I'm just assuming things, but I got to think if Diggs has a problem with anything, it's it's with Dorsey.
1: That would track. It did seem to me like last year, Diggs had more consistent problems, I guess, with not only his usage, but just kind of like who or what was being featured, right. just the way the overall tone of the offense was, was going. So it, it would track to me that he considers that the biggest change in the offense, to be Dorsey and him having an issue. And, you know, he has a history surrounding that, so... I am going to choose to believe that Stefan Diggs hates Ken Dorsey. And that's a huge player. Yeah. Yeah. Huge red flag. You're right. Uh, I would be curious to see like where this specific report comes. Like what were the last three plays before Josh and Steph Diggs had this conversation when he said, don't listen to him? Like what was the context there?
0: Do you remember? I do not, but I, I do know, or it did seem like at times especially in bigger moments, like Stefan Diggs would disappear seemingly, not by his own fault, not because he's getting double teamed or whatever. I mean, we saw when he gets double teamed, a la Kansas City two years ago, playoff game, Gabe Davis flourishes. So I don't know what exactly it was. I mean, in their biggest game of their year, last year against the Bengals in the playoffs, Stefan Diggs had four receptions for 35 yards. And not saying anyone really had a good game, but that stands out. I always look at it in comparison to a guy like Devonta Adams and how he was used when he played with the Packers. Mm. He was put all across the line, whether it's in the slot, out wide, back, whatever, utilize him in a lot of different positions as a means to an end of getting him the ball. Then that's the same approach I want the Bills to take with Stefan Diggs. He's an uber talented receiver, one of the best route runners in the league, one of the best separators in the league, is a threat anywhere on the field, whether it's deep, intermediate, short. He's just a special player. And what I saw last year, and this is just my own personal opinion, I saw a lot of vanilla offense of just him, Dorsey, lining, digs outside and having him stay there the whole game. Not getting him on mismatches, not utilizing him, not getting him involved in Whether coverages were rolling towards Diggs that he wasn't able to be more part of the game plan or execute more efficiently, I don't know. But I can see where Stefan Diggs' frustration lies based Mm -hmm. on how the offense looked last year.
1: Especially in comparison to the previous year when we were just like really cooking with Dable. Oh, yeah. And to go away from that to what we saw last year of like an offense that was just finding ways to survive. It's a hard fall from grace for the for the star receiver on such an offense.
0: So, if we're playing the blame game here, I think number 1 I got to go with obviously embarrassed by his answers the last time he was on Family Feud. Right. I think that lingers. That lingers, Tony. That affects someone. Shout out cranberries. For a long, long time. So, that's number 1. Number 2, Ken Dorsey. And the thing with like Ken Dorsey too is like Going you as you mentioned, going from Dable was was quite the change. Not not only in how the offense looked, but probably how it was ran. Also, personality wise, I mentioned Chad Hall as a guy Stefan yeah. is really connected with. Similar type of easygoing, goofy personality. Dable we see has a very goofy personality. Him rapping and dancing with the Giants, which I'm sure he did with the Bills as well. Ken Dorsey does not have that kind of personality. Ken Dorsey's more, for lack of a better term, uh, a psycho. Not, not right. our words. That's his own player's words. The man's yes. a psycho. He's not like and a fun-loving... He doesn't seem like a fun-loving, jokey kind of individual. Um, I think he's young enough where he doesn't come off as like an old curmudgeon guy, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't give off that easy-going, goofy vibe. And I think that's like where... Stefan Diggs has problems. I think Stefan Diggs is just looking for a group of friends in the long run. Just a couple of guys that work in the same workplace he does that he can pal around with. He's got Josh Allen. But I say that because when in Minnesota, the big issue was he doesn't get along with Kirk Cousins. Not mm, because uh-huh. Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback, but I think it's because like Kirk Cousins is like uber religious, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just not Stephon Diggs, right? Right. Kirk Cousins doesn't seem like a very fun-loving, jokey guy <laughs> like Josh is with handshakes and dances and things like that. Kirk Cousins comes off more of like forcefully jokey. I like think wearing the chains after games last year. Like, it didn't seem like he wanted to do that. It seemed like he was peer pressured into doing it. <laughs> so I, I think in the end, like Stephon Diggs, Diggs just wants a group of guys he can pal around with. And I don't think Ken Dorsey fits like his vision of a buddy. He wants the
1: coach to be one of these people he can pal around with. I believe so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I could see that. Like that's the personality style that some people need to be led by. That would be, that would be fine. I can understand Steph Diggs being of that personality type where that would be like who he responds to the most. But I also wouldn't expect Stefan Diggs at this point in his life and in his career to be such a rejector of people who don't have that personality and leadership style.
0: Yeah, like that that was the whole thing on social media was like, be a leader, step up. It's mm-hmm. two days, be there. Even if he came in on Monday and said, or Tuesday morning, whatever, and said, hey, I'm leaving, I got some issues, whether they're off the field or internally on the field. I would think Bean, McDermott, whoever, could go to him and be like, hey, Steph, we know we're talking through some things. Mm-hmm you don't need to participate put on your jersey stand on the sidelines just be here so we don't have to go through this media roller coaster right the, the next 48 hours i feel like right. that's that should have been the course of action with this like we'll continue to talk internally we'll work on some things but just be out there we'll say you you got turf toe or something like some stupid turf toe jeez that then why really not. Pre- i don't know what what's a super Ooh. minor we, we say, we'll say you lost a fingernail. I don't stomach know. Stomach bug. A stu- stomach bug. There we go. This is a stupid minor injury. Mm-hmm. You ate some some bad Arby's last night and you have a stomach bug. We've all been I there. Did, I, I did put on Twitter, like, this is Vaughn's fault because Vaughn only brought Chick-fil-A breakfast for Vaughn. And if you brought mm-hmm. it for everyone, everyone would be happy. And On Diggs would be happy because Chick-fil-A breakfast is wildly underrated and is the ultimate mediator. So it really is Vaughn's fault.
1: I think a lot of it's Vaughn's
0: fault. Vaughn is
1: over here also trying to get D-Hop to join us. How does that make Steph feel?
0: When are we going to look at Steph's feelings as to be a piece of this? When are we going to look at Steph's feelings? He's a human, human being, being with emotions. Being. His blood is the same as our blood. He breathes the same air we do. hmm When are we going to put Steph on Diggs first? And really talk about his feelings and consider his feelings. It's a yes, valid we need question. Get a get a field stone in there. <laughs> so with all the drama Tuesday, everything was fine and good and dandy come Wednesday. Tony, do you actually think things are fine and good? Now that Stefan Diggs is back and howling around with everyone on the field again.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, I think it's fine. That's, that's the other thing is like, it's June. Do we really actually about yeah. care about any of this?
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about this
0: at all. For a mandatory minicam that lasts three days and typically the third day, I think actually regularly, the third day gets canceled every single year. <laughs> like, are we just fishing for something to complain about in June? Yes, 100% yes. Is there anything else we could do. And, and Steph knew it and that's why he made it dramatic. Yes, exactly. It, it was the real life version of the Wolverine meme where he's sitting on the bed looking at a picture. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's like is Wolverine looking at a picture of him and Steph Diggs on the cover of Sports Illustrated for kids. Mm-hmm. Can we go back to these fun times of being best buddies? We do all want to go back to those fun times. So the question now is, with the success of this team the past, we'll say four years, does the whimsy go out the door now? All the dancing and kind of the, man, this team's fun. And I really like to like this team. They're easy to cheer for. They all seem like fun, easygoing guys. Are we starting to turn the corner now of like, oh, that era's over. All these guys are going to be on edge because they can't get over the hump because they haven't won the big one. Are we done with the dancing, goofy... This is a fun team era and looking at it just like win or you're dead to me.
1: <laughs> I think no. I think that winning solves all. And I think that soon as like we just get it moving, as soon as Josh makes a nice pass or does anything to get us excited, that will all conflate into the energy of we used to be dancing.
0: We used to be doing this and that. And the question is, Tony, are they human or are they dancer? shout out killers <laughs> uh it seemed like we like kind of turned that corner last year though because as the struggles started to to pile on and and continue i felt like more and more fans on social media and in real life the real social media there was a lot more chirping of like well oh, maybe they should stop dancing at practice and figure out this offense kind <laughs> of like i feel like that started to gain those kind that kind of rhetoric so it'll be interesting to see how they come out this year they have some early struggles with these new pieces kind of gelling and the start either how quickly the fans turn on or how understanding the fans will be is very interesting how the players will react to possibly struggles we've seen reporters fans get under these players skin before with questioning about struggles and things like Josh obviously is famous okay when yeah. he got asked is this, is this a Super Bowl caliber offense We've seen Micah like High and Jordan Poyer get frustrated with some of the questions. And I think that's partially because, you know, we're good now. We haven't been good in forever, we're consistently good in forever with the drought. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. And I don't think Stefan Diggs coming back wells that in any way. I think we have just over a month till training camp starts now. And I think this language, this narrative about Stefan Diggs being unhappy, about there being inner turmoil on the team i don't think it's going away anytime soon
1: that's where i'm going to disagree with you i think oh, it's okay. already gone on
0: do tell setting gone
1: I, I i just said it I, I think it's already gone until something else comes up but i don't think it'll come up until results start coming in and the results are negative both for steph digs as an individual and for the
0: team itself prognosis negative yeah so hopefully you're right hopefully the digs drama is behind us we will see tony any other notes from mandatory minicamp josh looks good he looks refreshed i guess is probably the best way to put it Uh, it's something about the flow the hair flow gets me this looks like Mm. a new josh to me physically and on the field like i'm a sucker the new new gal in his life brightening his life up. Ah, yes the new gal now now we have to worry with the success of her new movie into the spider verse Is Josh gonna be a little perturbed that he's not the the breadwinner in his in his couple?
1: Are we calling them a couple now? I think oh, it's early I think days. So. We can calm down. I don't think so. It's early days. We to, can all calm down God a little speed bit.
0: to Haley and, if they are a couple officially and they do last. Yeah, for it's, it's, the summer and in the season. Any other notes about minicamp? That stood out Not to for you. Me. It seems like that's all anybody cares about. It really is, though. Like, that's yeah, all that seemed yeah. to be the talk was the digs drama. A couple injuries to note. And this is probably the scariest part of these mandatory mini camps in June is injuries. Dawson Knox dinged up, knocked up. How do you want knocked up? We want to go with that. Collision with Taylor Rapp.
1: That's good. That's Great very, very signing,
0: good. Bean. Great signing, Bean. New guy already injuring our core offensive pieces. Way to go. Another shrewd signing by Brandon Bean. No, uh, Dawson Knox picked up a, a leg injury, ankle injury, something. Didn't, didn't seem too overly concerned about it. Leg wrapped, but he was on the sideline walking around. So I don't think it's anything to be concerned about at this point in time. Justin Shorter is injured. And this was a knock See, that on I don't like. And why he fell in the draft because the man cannot stay healthy. Who was the one receiver? I must say it must have like five, six years ago, drafted late. Who Austin Pearl like, oh, no, he actually did play. This guy was always injured. I did not even think he saw the field. Hmm. He was from like TCU. Oh, I know. Colby Liston B.
1: Oh, yeah. Colby Liston B. I remember. Yeah.
0: Like everyone's like, oh, like that's a name from college. I know. And we got him late. Like this could be a diamond in the rough. And then he was just always hurt. I feel like that's going to be just very skinny. Yeah. He was a very skinny, no, he was like, skinny guy. He was like skinny and tiny. Yeah. And Justin yeah, Shorter's I mean. like yeah. beefed up. And um, yeah, but just always hurt. Like is Justin Shorter going to be that guy who's just always hurt? And we're just never going to see his potential. Kind of like Isaiah Hodgins, even though I think he was hurt for like a week, but they put him on IR because they didn't have a spot for him.
1: <laughs> right, right. So you're concerned. I mean, gonna... Yeah, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because of his development. Like this is the important time for him to be a contributor on this team to figure this thing out. If he's going to be hurt, then we may as well just go sign DeAndre
0: Hopkins or someone who's going to be cool. Let's get a cool guy in here. Yeah, I do want someone cool. Nick Googly Moogly. I don't know his name. He's not cool. You know who's.
1: Yeah, what was it? Yeah,
0: Google. Google Google something. Is that what it was? Google I think so,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Origin, that is.
1: Got to be Greek. Feels very Greek to me.
0: Yeah, feels like alien to me. Shout out UFO sightings lately. That's
1: right. That's, that's, <laughs> yes. Now we're, now we're talking. UFO crash in Vegas, then they win the Stanley Cup. Come on, let's put two and two together here, people. <laughs> it's staring how'd you right in you the f- face.
0: Changing course for a sec here. How'd you feel about Jack Eichel winning the Stanley Cup? He's dead to me. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. Like, good, good for him that he did it. Like, he had a decent playoffs. Right. Like, his most notable moments in the playoffs were, in the, in the cup finals alone, he got just, Destroyed hit stick by Kachuk, Brian Campbell esque, if you will, for Sabres fans out there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second moment that I remember from Jack Eichel's 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, him getting hit in the face by a puck on a slap shot from his own teammate. You know, good for him. He won the cup, like like you said, and I agree. He's dead to me. I still think we won the trade. I think so too. I think Tuck and Krebs are a much much better.
1: They're incredible. It'd be incredible.
0: Incredible. Yeah, I like yeah. that new T-shirt that's, idea. That's a, In, that's a T-shirt way to happen. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, Tony, speaking incredible. of T-shirts, we got a little little preview here. We got next week new release. Our just freeze oh. baby T-shirts are coming out.
1: Oh really? Just freeze baby. You know that T-shirt the
0: hottest phrase sweeping the the region.
1: Absolutely. That T-shirt is really like the best essence of the show. Of we're gonna. Embrace and make fun of some like these architectural design. Based on like, why would it say that? And so we're leaning right into it. Right, that's the we're gonna lean all the way into it. This is good. Oh, yes. we're of course we're, until until uh, the final brick is laid on that stadium. We I are leaning right into that.
0: I'm I'm guessing they just freeze baby chant did not burst out at the groundbreaking. Is that correct?
1: Despite my best efforts. I also tried to start the wave a couple times.
0: The wave with the just freeze baby combo? That'd be, be deadly. Yeah. That, so, yes, that would be it. I think our goal, because you attend training camp every single day, is to start a just freeze baby chant at training camp.
1: <laughs> just freeze baby.
0: Just freeze baby. It's
1: like, it's like ice, ice baby.
0: Yeah. Just freeze baby. Yeah. That or he will. We, we got to get the he will name going right this year this is the year this is the year uh, Tony, that's all <laughs> that's all the bills news uh, we had because that's all that really happened a lot of drama due to one mr stefan diggs what do you say we wrap up the episode take a little break we from our sponsor we'll come back with our Hansel award we'll wrap it up what do you say let's do it i'm gonna ball in this thing we'll be back after the break that sound you hear That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. And we are back. Listeners, we're going to wrap it up with the return of our Hansel Award Right now. Absolutely. of course listeners of this podcast know we give out the Hansel award because Hansel just so hot right now so hot he's so just hot fans right of Zoolander know. Hansel is so hot so for our Hansel award we give it to what is hot in the world of sports Tony who are you giving this iteration of the Hansel award out to
1: my Hansel award is going to armchair GM season uh, I guess that's what I would call it, <clears throat> but it's impulsive armchair GM season because we are in peak season right now of in both leagues of which Buffalo has heavy investment. Every single time this person's released, he's ours. We got to get him. Doesn't matter if the scheme matches up, doesn't matter price, doesn't matter if they're 54 years old. Everyone is going with any any major release or any major free agent. Got to get him. What are we waiting for? And then heading out over to every social media. Hey, what do you guys think about signing this guy? I heard of him, so I'm presuming that he's good. And if he's good, then maybe we could have him. If he's good from another team, he would therefore be good for us. We should sign him. And then everyone is like, no, nah. you don't get it. So it's it's that season. That's what's so hot right now is making that, uh, is making that jump of – trying for uh trying for just like the Madden strategy of signing every awesome free agent that is in existence
0: i, I like that one you know, what, you know what else goes in hand in hand with that um because it's a june and mandatory mini camps are going on there's also the season of and this isn't my choice but i think it goes hand in hand with yours uh, it's also the season of everyone looks good at everything yeah i do not read one training camp report where like oh this guy really struggles like no this person looks really good They're fast. They're running great routes. They look like they put on muscle. Like everyone looks good. Not one negative thing about any one of these players Mm -hmm. is being said in June. That is the season. Everyone's perfect. Everyone's great. Everyone's perfect. Everyone's Everyone's TJ Graham in June. Yes.
1: (laughs) Good lucky.
0: Oh, we could only be so lucky. They could only be so lucky to be compared to one of the greats.
1: That's what I mean. (laughs)
0: <laughs> good choice uh tony for my hansel award I, I i think this is only fitting i'm giving it to a little disorder called insomnia because tony oh, these yes. sports are getting ridiculous starting at these late late times typically during regular season games nba nhl even nfl uh with the one o'clock sunday games and even monday night starting at eight um But that's just once a week. Regular season games for other leagues typically start at 7, 7.30 is is the normal East Coast time. The NBA Finals, every game started at 8.30. NHL Stanley Cup, every game started at 8. The U.S. Open going on right now on the West Coast. I'm up till 10 o'clock, 10.30 sometimes watching golf. Insomnia is real and it's due to sports. My choice for what is hot in sports is insomnia. How could you possibly go to sleep? How could you possibly go to sleep knowing the FOMO of there's a winner going to be
1: declared in some sport somewhere? Right. We have to know. Yeah. That's the way sports are turning, especially since I'm glad you brought up this, the primetime golf league that's coming around. It's really getting outrageous.
0: You know, I will say like the one nice thing I often don't venture out to the West coast, but if I'm on the West coast and in a Pacific time zone uh, mm-hmm. watching sports On that schedule is absolutely elite, especially NFL season. You're watching the 1 o'clock games at 10 o'clock. You're watching the 4 o'clock games at 1. Sunday night, Monday night football is on at 5 p.m. You're done by 8 o'clock, 8.30. You're up watching sports early. You're going to bed early because you're done watching sports at a reasonable time. I'm not Mm -hmm. up until midnight. Like I am out here on the East coast watching sports on the West coast is the elite way to watch sports is the preferred way to watch sports. It's amazing.
1: I can't wait to experience it. I have to, I have to imagine it's like the refreshing feeling that we got when like London first started and we're like, you know, it's pretty nice just to like wake up and there's already football on.
0: Yeah. Must be that, pretty that's nice. to come
1: home from work. Yeah. Come home from work. And there's, there's already football on
0: Monday night football. You come home from work and there's football starting immediately. Like except except with the London now it's like it's an extra three hours tacked on to an already super long day. Yeah, on the tell east me about coast. It. Okay, right. <laughs> are you excited? The Bills are going to London. Speaking of London, I, don't I think would we say we I ever am. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm. I would say that I am. I'm hoping to go uh, yeah. if you can figure it out. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm excited in that in that sense. I'm excited for that Sunday when I feel like I'm going to have the whole day ahead of me after the game.
0: Right. That is nice. So like that'll be cool.
1: Yeah like a bonus. I'm wondering
0: thing. what promos they do. The Bills seem like they could be like a very good group to do London-based promos with. Like fun stuff.
1: Like internet content?
0: Yeah, Play like promos? viral internet. Yes. commercials. I, I'm agree. I like think Like would be cool. Like a Jason Sudeikis like doing a Ted Lasso character kind of like what what yeah. Brit- British character can Josh Allen come up with?
1: Yeah, I, it's interesting you said that because I immediately, even before you said that, I was thinking, all right. So, like, what bill is gonna look is gonna be Ted Lasso? Like, I immediately thought this is gonna be a Ted Lasso idea content. But maybe it's because I'm talking to you, and we often talk about Ted Lasso.
0: So, listeners, those are our Hansel Awards again. We'll put it on the internet, put it on Twitter. Give us a follow at Woody Sports Seven One Six. Let us know what you think. What you think is hot in the world of sports this week. Tony, what do you say we wrap this thing up though? Sounds great. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now Thank back you, to of course, to our sponsor, as always, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie, sir, just $5, great gift. For the summer, keep your drinks cool during these hot summer days at the beach, by the pool. Perfect gift. Shop local, support local. www.travelinggrowler.com. Podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny. Also, go on the Googly search Witty Not Funny, Teespring. It's the first result that comes up. Support the podcast. Crewnecks, t shirts, hoodies, tanks. We got it all, all colors, all sizes, all original designs. Check it out. Support the podcast. Throw us a solid. Buy some apparel today. And I say this often on this show, you will be the talk of your next Bills group outing, viewing party, tailgate, game day, whatever. People will notice your t-shirt, will say something. Maybe random strangers will want to take pictures with you. Go to Teespring, buy something for the podcast store today. That is a guarantee. Where to find the podcast, you can find the podcast, as always, wherever you find podcasts or listen to for free, iTunes, Spotify, on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, search Built in Buffalo, search Witty, Now Funny. If you like us, hit the subscribe, leave a review. We drop every Sunday on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate that. And 130 episodes in, we hold true to those words because we really do... Appreciate every new listener, everybody who stuck with us week after week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Twitter handles. Tony, where can the listeners find you when you're on the Twitter? And you're going to be tweeting camp in just over a month. So, listeners, oh, make sure right. you follow Tony here.
1: That's right. Yeah, uh, that'll happen at Tony Ambrose. Because yeah. of all my Twitter accounts, it's the only one I still remember the password to.
0: <laughs> well, that means it's the most important one. And the one you yep. should follow. Yep. <laughs> Make sure you follow Tony for all his camp takes, especially if you want to find out who is doing proper stretching techniques and who is not. Because that is out of everything that goes on at St. John Fisher, that is the most important thing happening.
1: I mean, it is important. Stretching is important. I don't know why you're trying I mean, to devalue stretching. It
0: is. I'm not stretching. And in I'm a proper completely warm-up. serious. It feels like you are. Oh my god! <laughs> Look here. I'm stretching is important. We don't want a muscle bold. Stretching is of the utmost importance hydration stretching those are the two two pillars of success yeah you're I'm right not downplaying it, Tony. i'm not downplaying it at all it's very important to me as well you can find the podcast at woody sports 716 twitter instagram woody not funny sports facebook tiktok give us a follow on any platform we're mostly on twitter but give us a follow on any platform we follow back we love connecting with those mafia saber sports people the buffalo sports community out there so hit that fall at Woody Sports 716. Uh Tony send off for the listeners. Take us home. Ooh. Uh well, last time you know I've been saying like go to other teams and
1: they're all out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean the bandits won, so like, you know, they're out of it. Yep. We're in <laughs> but the dark no days one of in sports it. right now.
0: It's only baseball. Yeah,
1: we truly are in the dark days of sports. So what i have to say is well summertime baby by the time you hear my voice again i'll be on summer vacation summertime baby
0: tony i only have two words to say to that hags and glow to you hags and glow hags and glow to all that's what it should have been hags and glow hags and glow (laughs) to all of you and to you and yours to you and your loved ones and as i always say stay witty out there everyone thanks for listening go bills peace bye bye Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bump. It feels a bump. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty, Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.